Thank you for joining us again. Welcome to another another episode of Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. This is your host, C.B. Baker. Well, Dr. Daniels, we took a little break. Um, our schedules was out of whack. Well, my schedule was out of whack. I, uh, I went down to Mardi Gras and had some fun down there with the other crazy people down there in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny how, you know, uh, when they say God going to zombie on Wednesday, everybody mm-hmm. had a complete fool on Tuesday. Right. <laughs> on Fat Tuesday. But yeah, it was a, it was a good experience down there. And um, so we're back. And one of the topics that we wanted to talk about um, Dr. Daniels is teamwork. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody at some point in their life, unless you're living under a rock or you're a monk somewhere right. in, in the deep mountains, you're mm-hmm. going to encounter a moment where you're going to have to rely on somebody else mm-hmm. to get something done. Mm-hmm. And, and that, at that point, when it becomes from an individual to a, a couple at the very least, you're right. now a team. Right. So let's talk about um, the dynamics of teamwork and, and some of the things that happens in the Bible where teamwork is addressed. Yeah, you know, the Bible talks about teamwork uh, consistently. In fact, uh, you know, one of the old, one of the deacons we used to be at the church, he would say that um, two heads are better than one, even if one is a cabbage head. <laughs> right. Uh, and he, what he was re- referencing was a text in the Bible that talks about the power of two. You know, that that, that if nothing else, um, if you have another person. That person can keep you warm. If they can't do nothing else, they can keep you warm because because you know, of the body heat. Right. Uh, but also, if you think about you know how the Bible looks at teamwork and, and relationship, getting the impossible done, uh, I, I, and I think this is the thing that most people miss as far as their marriages, as far as uh, on their jobs, and, and and anytime they're dealing with things that require the power of two or the power of synergy. Because what we know is that when you're looking at synergy that one plus one no longer is two, you know. It, right. One man might lift 100 pounds by himself. The other man may lift 120 pounds. But when you combine the two, they can lift more than 225, right? You mm-hmm. get that synergy. They probably could lift maybe 300 pounds together. Right. So, so uh, and I'll reference the text real quick, and then we can kind of discuss it a little bit. Uh, in, in the book of Genesis, uh, when when the uh, civilization was young, you know, when when when, when people were just beginning um, to 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 come together and things were happening. Uh, in the beginning, all people had one language because they, they came from the same geographic area. So they all had one language. And and this was a period following um, the, um, the 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 great deluge or the flood where Noah had, had built an ark. And, right. and so um, there was a, a ruler that made a decision. His decision was that any if there's an ever a flood again, we're not going to allow nature to overcome us. So he made a decision. His decision was to build a tower and a city that was so tall that it could reach high enough so if a flood ever came again, that, that it would not affect them at all. Now, uh, the Bible says that God looked down, came down to see what they were doing, you know, and, and he, he made a statement about what they were trying to do. Because in, in fact, if you think about it, if they're trying to build something that will allow them to overcome nature, they're trying to defy God, you know, and what he right. had just done to right. cleanse the earth. So the, the, the Bible says that the Lord said simple, this simple thing, that the people are of one language, right? The people are of one language and that anything that they put to their minds to do, 
that nothing will be impossible unto them, right? That's, that's God speaking, right? Mm-hmm. So what that suggests to us is, is three simple concepts. Number one, he said the people are of one language. When you think about one of the things that causes teams to break down the quickest is a lack of communication. Yes. Whether it be horizontal, right, you know, across peer groups, or vertical management down. It's that breakdown. Either I don't believe what you said, or I didn't hear what you said, or I refuse to listen to what you said. Right, <laughs> right, you know? right. But the people were of one language. The second thing he said is that they had one mindset. They were unified in their purpose. All of them had the same agenda. And when you think of teams, oftentimes what we have is that different people on the team will have their own separate agenda. They may want the team to succeed, but their reasons are different Mm -hmm. and they have separate agendas. So because of that, they don't focus on the same task and and, and they may be swayed if it's not going their way. So, you know, they lose interest. Now, the third thing, because we know God confounded them, is that it has to be within the will of God. So that's that's those are the three central things that you look at. That's true in your home. That's true on your job. That's true anywhere you go. You know, so in the home, like you mentioned earlier with a couple, well, you know, do we have good communication? You know, unfortunately, in many marriages and in many situations, the communication is extremely poor. Mm -hmm. I'm talking, but you're not listening. You know, you're blocking me out. You know, those kind of things. We don't always have the same agenda. You know, husbands and wives oftentimes have different agendas about how they want, you know, the, the marriage to proceed and the goals they have. And, 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 and so when you, when you put yourself in that position, then you tend to not be where God wants you to be. So you kind of fail in all three areas, which mm-hmm. causes things to break down. Well, if I take it to the, to the secular, you know, standpoint, you know, because it applies whether you're doing it from a spiritual standpoint or a secular standpoint, the same rules apply. Mm-hmm. Let's say I'm on my job, right? And and we're a team, as you said. So then do we have good communication? You know, are we doing one-way communication? Are we doing two-way communication? Is it just me talking or is it just me? Am I sending memos out? Am I sending emails out? Or have we, we, have, we haven't face-to-face? And I'm, I'm, am I allowing that person to give me feedback on what I just said, right? right? Through communication. Uh, the agendas uh, have to be aligned. And, and am I following authority? <laughs> you know, right. is it whoever the manager is, is it that manager's will that we do what we are doing? You know, so right. it, 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 the Bible certainly um, gives us an outline for how to guarantee success. You know, if you just use that simple formula. Yeah, the, the crazy thing is a lot of the things in the Bible is, is very cut and dry and simple to follow mm-hmm. for success. But as Jim Rohn would say, what is easy to do is also easy not to do. Absolutely. So how do what what steps do we do at our jobs or at home when the team is not cohesive and on the same page? What mm-hmm. steps do we take to get it back on the same wavelength? Sure. I think I think the, the, the paramount thing we have to first look at is that unity of purpose. You know, always striving for the same thing. And that that's a huge step right there because. A lot of times we assume we have the same agenda, mm-hmm. but we don't. So I think the first thing we have to do is make sure that we have this, we have that unity of purpose. And that's something that you oftentimes talk about, establishing goals, right? Mm-hmm. Let's get a unified goal. Let's let's get together and say, well, where are we trying to go? And not where am I trying to go and where I want you to get on board with me, but where are we trying to get to? So I think that's the paramount thing. The first thing is always unity of purpose, which is establish goals. And, and goals that are, are, are reachable based on our resources. 
Now, I say this, the Bible says that all goals are reachable mm -hmm. if we're within God's plan. And I believe that with every fiber of my being. Um, and so that's what we have to do is, is that's, that's step number one. And once we establish those goals, which not always easy, but that's what we have to do. And that requires communication because I got to talk, got to listen. I got to look at what's in the best interest of the unit and, and from a standpoint of, of where does God want us to be? Then the issue is one of communication. Uh, people often tell me, uh, Pastor, when I'm talking to them, they say, we don't communicate. And I'll say, yes, you do. Mm -hmm. No, we don't, Pastor. Mm -hmm. I say, you do communicate. Right. There's no way you can live with someone without communicating. Right. You may not like the way they communicate, but they are communicating. Right. The problem is, it's often one-way communication. Mm -hmm. If I stopped talking to you, I communicated. Yes, you did. I've just told <laughs> you, I don't want to deal with you anymore. Right. That's communication. But we're not getting feedback. It's not two-way communication. And so the second thing is to is to is to is to get where we can open up those lines of communication and not be afraid of communication. To me, that's the big problem. It's, it's not that people don't want to communicate, it's that they're really afraid. People are afraid of truth. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes if you tell me to communicate, my first impulse is to tell you the truth about how I see you in a negative way. Because that's what's, that's what's in my heart, right. boom. And so now, you don't want to hear that because I, I told you what was wrong with you. Well, you know, that's okay. Once I accept the fact that that's going to come first. Now, you know, I mean, I want it to come first, but that's what's going to come first. Right. Then I can get by that and then start getting things that where we can go back and forth and say, how can we meet our goals? Right. Because the bottom line is this, is that most people um, see the worst before they see the best. Yeah. And sometimes you got to work past that that beginning stage to get to what's really wrong. Absolutely. You know, because the first, for human nature, the first thing is to be defensive on, and then even go on the attack mm -hmm. to protect whatever is actually wrong mm -hmm. that they may have done. And so I, I know in business, when I ask a, a question of somebody or I'm trying to figure out what's going on, when they start lashing out about what other people aren't doing, mm -hmm. I'll say, okay, I make a mental note and I'll just let them get through that. So now let's focus on you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what is it that you haven't done? What is it that you have done? Right. And then we can have an open discussion about that. Mm -hmm. and, and then we get past the the, the emotion out of it. Mm -hmm. I had a, um, had a, a older uh, employee of mine, you've met him, Emazai, mm -hmm. and he, years ago, he told me, he said, CB, when you're dealing with people, stick with the facts. Mm -hmm. He said, just the facts. Because when you start delving into other things of opinion, it brings in emotions, and then you'll never get to what actually causes the problem mm -hmm. or why the team is not working. Sure. But if you deal with measurable goals and, and a facts mm -hmm. that you can sit in front of somebody, you can't, like how you talk about the temperature in the room, the mm -hmm. thermostat says it's 74. Can't nobody argue that. The thermostat says 74. Absolutely. You know, so it it goes, communication goes so far in everything. Mm -hmm. And then you hit the nail on the head when somebody's not communicating, that's communication. Mm -hmm. And I tell, I've told a lot of my um, male friends, they, they get in an argument with their girlfriend or wife. Mm -hmm. I said, do what she does. She brings up an issue. She shuts down. She's waiting for you to mess up by you, cause you're gonna keep talking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you say these words, when you feel like talking, 
come see me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then leave it alone. Mm-hmm. And now, at some point, the other per- now it's another person. Sure. It t- takes two people to openly communicate, not mm-hmm. just one way, because you're going to cause a whole lot of issues g- doing that. Absolutely. I, see, I think everybody on the team has to take responsibility for the team. Right. And that's the other thing. If we want a team to be successful, everybody has to recognize their role and accept their role. You know? Yeah. Because if you if you put all the onus on one party, after a while that person will start, you know, their agenda changes now because they develop a protective mode. You know, mm-hmm. I got to protect me because it's not about us anymore. So I think that's that's one of the things that people have to come to grips with. And, and you you made a, a a great point that um, people tend to want to communicate how they feel and not the facts of what's going on. Mm -hmm. However, let me just add this too. That doesn't mean their feelings are not important. It just means that we have to to discern whether or not the reason we're not accomplishing something is because of how you feel, or are we not accomplishing it because of what the facts are based on what you did or did not do. The reason why I just say don't, we can't discount feelings is because the feelings may impact my actions, you know, so I can't just throw it out the window, but I have to recognize that your feelings are important to you. And I have to uh, uh, acknowledge that your right. feelings are important to you uh, in, 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 in doing that process. Uh, but everybody has to take responsibility. Um, and because if we don't take responsibility, we get we get to where we were in the first place, right? You know, if, if I'm a married couple, let's say, and, um, there is some uh, bitterness going on, and 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 you know we, we we play the blame game a little bit, and 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 so the other person says, well, you should have. Wait a minute, you know, if we're trying to get to the same place, then it should not be a you should have, mm-hmm. right? I got to take personal responsibility because we are a team, right? Now, there's there's, there's a scripture in the Bible where um, it talks about the members of the body, you know, members being of your body, hand, arms, feet, legs. And, and, and what the scripture says is, the right hand never blames the left hand for not doing or doing mm-hmm. because they work as a team, right. right? The eyes don't blame the ears and the mouth doesn't blame the nose and the legs don't blame the feet right. <laughs> because that's a team. right? And, but they recognize that all of them have a place in doing that. And they also recognize that they are guided by a, 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 um, a force that is greater than each of them. So my brain is guiding my hands and my feet and all that stuff. But even though my brains are guiding my muscles, my brain may tell me something my muscle cannot do. Mm-hmm. Like my brain may say, pick up 200 pounds. Right. And I might go to pick it up and say, brain, what was you thinking? I can't pick up 200 pounds. Right. But nonetheless, I don't blame the brain. And the blame, brain doesn't blame the muscles. Right. It's just let me build you up so now you can pick up 200 pounds. And I'm saying that's teamwork. See, the greatest example of teamwork is us, our individual selves. There is no blaming. There's just cooperation. Right. There's just, okay, the left hand is weaker. Help it get stronger. Right. You know, if the right foot is in pain, compensate with the left foot. 
because each one takes responsibility for the success of the team individually. I think what happens in marriages and uh, families is that that's not what we do. Right. Each person doesn't take responsibility for the success. They blame the other party for the failure. Mm-hmm. And, and so that, that uh, to me, is, like I say, when I'm doing counseling, is one of the paramount problems that I find is that that's the breakdown. Even when I was, you know, managing uh, accountants, you know, um, you know, when I was working for the federal government, same thing. It, it's no different. There was it isn't it wasn't a personal responsibility for the success of the team. It was always what someone else lacked doing. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying the person did not lack in something, but their lacking does not help the team succeed unless I compensate for it. Right. And that's what I'm saying. You know, for example. I had a, a gentleman work for me who was a CPA, right? And every, as you know, every accountant is not a CPA. And in the government, it, it is oftentimes you may have one CPA for the whole accounting team, mm-hmm. okay? Now, um, oftentimes, um, and all the accountants work at different levels, they have different expertise, different understanding. And oftentimes, what I would hear things like this, well, the reason why we didn't pass the audit is because, you know, person A didn't do what they were supposed to do. And Mr. Daniels, you know they always fall short. So I think you need to, I think you need to write them up. That was a constant thing. Right. And I would say to myself, well, if we fail the audit, employee A didn't fail the audit. Right. <laughs> we we failed, failed the audit. Right. And so employee A ain't the one that suffers. We suffer. So if you know that the person doesn't have the expertise in that area, if you know they don't understand that part of it, and you do, why aren't you taking personal responsibility and saying, let me go double check behind them. Let me help them. Not in a negative way, but let me help them so they can can't come to speed. Because right. each of us have to take responsibility for the success, just like we try to put it on you for the failure. You know, I, you oftentimes use football as an analogy. I, I think, again, that's a perfect analogy too. Because what? If the right tackle fails, <laughs> right, the team fails. Man, the team, the team <laughs> fails. That's right. And, and and so and so if the if the right tackle doesn't block, you know, when when the safety is coming in for the sack, if the if the running back just looks and says, why didn't you block the guy? <laughs> right. right. And doesn't take over where the person failed, the team still fails. Right. You know the the interesting thing when you mentioned football, when when you're in practice, as an offensive line, they put everybody on the blocking sled. It's five-man blocking sled, mm-hmm. and the coach stands on the thing. He blows a whistle. Mm-hmm. And then if you take off and you hit that sled, and you may have, say you got, you know, say you're in high school, even in college, you have a guy that's an All-American on one side. just just super powerful, mm-hmm. right? He's blowing it, blowing, hitting that thing real hard, and the coach blows whistle for everybody to stop. And the sled is tilted mm-hmm. one way, mm-hmm. you know, towards his way. His way is, is much higher than the other side. Right. And he'll say, okay, y'all, what's going on on the, say that was right tackle. What's going on the left side? Y'all not pushing hard enough. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, I could tell you from playing, mm-hmm. the left side will look over to the, to the guy and say, look, chill out. Mm-hmm. So then the next time he hits that whistle, because we cannot stop, Hitting the sled right. until it's even. Right. 
So then he'll back off a little bit and then we'll push it. And then every, next thing you know, everything is straight. Mm-hmm. And then we get to go. And then the second string goes mm-hmm. next. It's the same thing. It's like it's like that with all teams. Like, okay, even though you may be the best player on the team, mm-hmm. and by by like leaps and bounds, you sometimes have to taper off or go help other people that are not as good as you to help the team. Because at the end of the day, like you said, when the audit comes and you fail the audit, it don't, it, nobody cares about how great you are. If the whole team, you're on the team that failed the audit. Right. You're on the, the NFL team that was 1-16. Mm-hmm. Nobody's, you didn't go to the Pro Bowl as a right tackle on the 1-16 team. Okay? So it's like you did great, but the right. team was not good. Right. And it goes down even down to receivers, catching the football, defensive back. Like, on that big of a team, there's so much going on. Mm-hmm. But just on, just like, say, your accounting team, but just maybe five to six members. Like 25. 25 <laughs> members. Yeah. Right. But, and that even goes to show you that if one person kept pointing at one, uh, it's like it's 25, mm-hmm. 24 other people that could have mm-hmm. helped this person out. Mm-hmm. And if everybody knows it, I know what you yeah. said. So, okay, if, if y'all knew this was going on, and this person couldn't get it done. Absolutely. Why wasn't one of y'all going over there to help him? Yeah. I, yeah. I, see, to me, I never view it as a person's failure. It is the team's failure. Right. And, and again, and that's and see what that boils down to again is is and we say it what it has to be clear communication, unity of purpose, be in the will of God, unity of purpose. That's it. Whether it's whether it's sports, whether it's marriage, whether it's uh, on the job. It's unity of purpose. If if I'm worried about my stats, if I'm a, if I'm in sports, if I'm worried about my stats, see my 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 purpose is not your purpose. Your purpose may be to get to the playoffs. My purpose is to get a bigger contract. So therefore, I want my stats to be high so I can get traded because I don't want to be here no way. Right. So I can get traded, but I want my stats high enough so I can get a guaranteed, you know couple more million dollars, this kind of thing. Right. My purpose is not for us to win. My purpose is for me to win. That's mm-hmm. totally different ball game. And that's the same thing in marriages. I, I tell you, and I tell all people I counsel, think about what happens in a marriage if there is a, a, a diff- difference of opinion going on. Is it my purpose for the team to win or for me to win? You know. So when I'm, we're debating and we're going back and forth, it's, 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 the, the, there's a win-lose mentality. Right. If, if I don't win the argument, I lose the argument. So I'm not focusing on the team moving forward. I'm focusing on me winning, not the team winning. But the bottom line is, if I do win and the other person lose, we still have lost. Mm-hmm. You know, if we, no matter what we're arguing about, if we're, if we're debating who's supposed to do, you know, most housework, if we're debating who's supposed to spend money in a certain place, it just doesn't matter what the argument is about. If the argument is about me looking at another woman or her letting another man hold her hand, it doesn't matter what the argument is about. If I win and you lose, the team is lost. Because if you're arguing at me because, let's say, let's say, you know, we go to church, you know, and I'm sitting in the second row and, and this nice young lady comes and sits beside me right. and, uh, and, and, and the pastor says, hug your neighbor and tell him you love him. And, you know, you turn, you hug the lady, you know, I love you with the love of Jesus. And you get home and your spouse is, why did you hug her? You know, and, and you're going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And let's say she wins the argument. Well, now somebody has lost 
-hmm. Because the next time you go to church, you're going to be sitting there stoic. Mm -hmm. There's going to be somebody that comes in, and you're not going to know whether they need a hug or not. You're not going to know whether they are new to the church or seasoned veteran to the church. Mm -hmm. But your mindset is going to be, I better not turn and talk to her. Right. Right? Because we're not focusing on the team. The person is focusing on themselves, saying he better not do it. So, but was that what, is that what God would want? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't God want you to turn around and say, how are you doing today? Welcome to the church today. You know, how are things going? Because you don't know what impact it would have on that person for you to be so kind to the individual. So, yes, you may have, uh, you know, uh, avoided an argument at home because one person won, mm -hmm. but the team lost. Right. Because God was not be, will not be happy with us going in that fashion. And the same thing on your job. It's, 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 it is the same. I don't care where you are. Anytime one person wins and one person loses, the team is in trouble. And, and so um, that's why I say everybody has to take responsibility for the team goal and develop the same goal. Now, because again, as you the same scenario, if, if my wife and I have the goal of uh, uh, growing God's kingdom here on earth, let's say that's our goal, mm -hmm. right? If that's our goal, my wife is never going to be upset with me if I try to, to minister to a female. Right. And I'm never going to be upset with her if she tried to minister to a male. Right. So if I happen to be at church and I look back and she's holding a gentleman's hand and talking to him, I'm not going to be upset because she's ministering to him in that fashion. Right. Because I know that, you know what? He needs that. He may need that. And she just gave him what he needs that day to make him feel welcome or to deal with some problem. He could he could, he could, could have just found out that, that, that you know, he got laid off his job and just needed that comfort. He could have found out he just had death in the family and needed that comfort. And I'm not going to be, well, you didn't have to hold his hand to talk to him. Right. You because our goal is to what? In, hit, develop the kingdom on earth mm -hmm. as it is in heaven. And that just changes the whole dynamic when we think that way, that unity of purpose. And I think that's why the Bible is clear that God said, if we have that, he said, nothing will be impossible under them. Nothing. That means that every marriage can be so wonderful right. that you can't stand yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, that means on my job, I could be so outstanding, not because of me, but because the team I'm on right. is moving the organization forward. That the owner of the organization, you know, or whoever that will be just, just I mean, just thrilled at how we operate right. as a group. Right. You know, it was, it was interesting. You mentioned the church. And, in, you know, I think about it like when I go to church, sometimes when I hit the door, somebody say, hey, CB, I need you to go do this. Mm -hmm. I don't think twice about it. I go do it. And because I know at that moment, I said, okay, well, I may have come here to sit and listen to Pastor Daniel, mm -hmm. you know, preach, but if I got to go handle something in the audio booth or go deal with something with the video, mm -hmm. that's what I got to go do. Right. And, but a lot of people don't go into church looking as, as a team as soon as you walk through the door. It's like, that's what a community is. Mm -hmm. Like you walk through the door, it's like, okay, I'm here. Now, if anybody in here needs me to do something, I'm here. Right. Like you say, okay, you got two hours out the whole week. Mm -hmm. If you step through the door, you got two hours out the whole week, just two. So 
is there anything you need me to do? Mm-hmm. Sister Janet came up to me and was talking about um, your um, celebration. Mm-hmm. She said, Brother Baker, you're going to uh, be there to um, to uh, videotape the, the the thing. I had no, I was like, uh, I didn't know I was there <laughs> going to be videotaping, but I, I guess I will be there videotaping. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's like, but now imagine that job at, at work. Mm-hmm. Same thing, but a lot of people get upset. That ain't my job description. Right, right. If you are on the team mm-hmm. and you see the team failing in mm-hmm. something, don't sit back and say, well, that ain't my job to go over there and fix that. Mm-hmm. Now, you could go over this. Now, I ain't going to say go dive into their department and start doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Ask people, hey, do you need any help with this? Right, right. And you ain't got to broadcast it to everybody. Mm-mm. Just do it because I guarantee you, when you give people a blessing, God blesses you back. Absolutely, you're so you're so right, and that's that's the key thing. You know, I I remember when I was uh, uh, 16 years old and I worked at um, IBM. I didn't work for IBM. I worked at IBM. I worked for a contractor, and I'm in high school. And uh, my father got me the job and doing janitorial services, right? And um, so they had a grounds crew. This is in Research Triangle Park in, in North Carolina. They had a grounds crew and they had a janitorial crew. I'm on the janitorial crew, so we inside. Of course, the grounds crew is outside. So one day we we're going, uh, we, 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 we're walking through the gate. We're going to clock in. And uh, my father stops and starts picking up paper, you know. And I look at my dad and I say, Dad, why are you doing that? We need to go clock in. And he said, what do you mean? Why am I doing a paper, you know, uh, that, that's uh, on the parking lot. And I said, yeah, but that's the grounds crew job. Our job is on the inside. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, don't we work for the same contractor? <laughs> and I said, well, yeah, but but we inside. He said, it don't matter. We work for the same contractor. Mm-hmm. And he said, if the contract is not renewed, you lose your job too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we need to make sure that just because the grounds crew was outside and we were inside, right. we still need to make sure that everything gets done so they renew the contract so we have a job. Right. You know, and, and that's the thing that I think sometimes gets lost with people is that they forget that what one does impacts everybody. Like you said, it may not be in my position description, but if something happens, it, it, it still impacts us. Um, there are people in the church that are employed by the church, right? Well, that that's what they pay their bills with, right? Mm-hmm. And so if if the members are not satisfied with the way the church operates as far as being friendly, you know, and ensuring, you know, though that their needs are met and they move to another church, you lose your job. So that means you've lost too, whether it's in your position description or not. Right. The same thing in your business. If you lose clients, it really doesn't matter who was an error. If you lose enough clients, you got to start cutting staff. Right. And so the person that you cut may not be the person that was, you know, that they're saying their fault because that person's job may be integral to what you need at that point in time. Mm-hmm. So they may say the gender was a fault, but you may say, well, uh, but I lost clients, but somebody still got to clean the bathroom. <laughs> so I'm going to keep the janitor, right. but I ain't got no clients to pay you. Right. You, you know, so. So that that's so that that teamwork is so important to everyone taking personal responsibility to ensure that that the group benefits and not worrying about individual benefiting. Yeah, that's 
that concept for me, it came from me playing sports throughout my life. And the biggest um, wake up call for me is when I entered, quote unquote, the real world after college. And I realized that other people didn't go by that. Mm-hmm. It was amazing to me. It's, you know, like when a coach told us to be there at six o'clock in the morning, you was there at six o'clock in the morning. As a matter of fact, you was there at 545. Mm-hmm. In the real world, CP time was basically thrown in my face. I was like, where's everybody at? <laughs> and it was like, I'm there at 545. Mm-hmm. And then that people are showing up to 615, 630. I'm like, well, what's going on? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that's what, you, you know, and then the teamwork thing, you send, I'm sitting there helping people out and, and nobody's doing it. You help people out to a point, they'll just stop doing work. It, it's, it's no personal responsibility, like you say. And, and, and the concept is, unfortunately, um, it's not in my position description. Right. So therefore, why would I do it? And, 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 but again, it's that we have to have that realization that Ronald Reagan, not that I'm a Ronald Reagan fan, but Ronald Reagan, um, he, his, his economic plan, uh, which is based on, you know, uh, uh, supply side economics. Basically what it was saying was that a rising tide floats all boats. Mm-hmm. So if we can, if we raise the tide, the big ship floats higher but the little ship floats higher too, right? So the concept being, if, if, if we can do something that elevates one, it elevates all. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think a lot of people on teams don't un- appreciate that simple concept, that if I can elevate the team, it elevates me too. Mm-hmm. Now, it may elevate you who did not do a lot of work, but it still elevates the team. And so it's not about seeking uh, equity in the input. It's about seeking equity in the outcomes, mm-hmm. you know, because oftentimes what we'll sit around and say is, well, why should I do all the work and you get credit as well? Right. But if you if I don't do a lot of the work, we end up getting no credit. So I have to be looking at what are the outcomes of what's going on? I want the outcome so that the whole team is elevated because that's how I get my benefit. And, and, and that's what people fail to see at times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I can't say this for the people that, um, if you ever go into a um, situation where you're the leader of the team, a lot of times um, you have A players, B players, and C players. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the C players is the ones, which is the bot, the, the lower tier, mm-hmm. the, the lower 10%. Those are the ones that usually cause all the issues that mm-hmm. take up all your time as a leader. Mm-hmm. But those aren't the people you shouldn't be spending time with. You should spend time with your A players because it's like you said, when the the top tier people keep growing, everybody goes up. Mm-hmm. But if you spend time with the bottom people, they're anchoring you down. Mm-hmm. So you just basically just let them just fade on out by themselves and focus on your top players. And I have to constantly tell people that mm-hmm. all the time because they'll come to me as a consultant, talking about the people that, that aren't performing. I said, well, what's going on with the people that are performing? What mm-hmm. are you doing for them? And it's, it's so important to take care of those people first. Sure. Now, I know I got a whole bunch of amens, the people watching this on watching this on YouTube. Unless, unless you're the lower tier. <laughs> right. You know, the ironic thing is most of the people that's in the lower tier think they're at least either mid-grade at the very least. They don't think mm-hmm. they're doing anything wrong. And that mm-hmm. is due to lack of feedback, which mm-hmm. you had talked about early in the podcast, about your body. Right. One thing your body does do in communication. Feedback. 
it's constant feedback. And, if in, I li- and immediate. And immediate. So if I go to lift up that 200-pound dumbbell and I can't lift it, mm-hmm. my muscles tell my brain, we can't lift this. Right. And I try even harder. Muscle says, we can't lift this. We need, uh, we need the left hand. Boom. Comes in. Now, can we lift it? It's a little heavy, but we got it. Right. Constant feedback. It's, it's constant and immediate. Now, I'm, I'm going to say this just because, you know, I, I, I have to interject the biblical side, just like you interject the business side. <laughs> so let me throw the biblical side right. back out just, just for sake of argument. Right. The brain never allows the lesser object to shrivel. In fact, the brain will work that so it becomes stronger. The Bible says this, that is the, is the least comely member that ends up being the most important. Not the, not, the, not the member that is most comely. If you think about the parts of your bodies that people rarely want to deal with, those are the ones that if you don't pay them attention, will cause you the most problem. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, and, and the way the Bible points it, it's things like this. Um, so you think about the part of your body that people don't want to touch. Parts that they don't want to touch. Let one of those parts get messed up and mm-hmm. you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Okay? <laughs> the parts they do want to touch, they don't, they, they're not the parts of your body that are the most crucial to your existence. Right. right. So I'm saying from a biblical standpoint, there are no throwaways. Because if they're if they're part of the team, let me let me stress that if they're part of my team, if they're part of my team, then there are no throwaways from the way the Bible point. Grant, business is different. Let me right. distinguish that business is different. Sometimes you got to say, you know what? I'm sorry, you got to go. Right. Because <laughs> you know, but 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 I'm I'm looking at it from a standpoint not just on the job now, but in your home, you know, mm-hmm. in your group working groups at church, things like that. There are no throwaways. So what we have to do, the Bible says, those that are strong should bear the infirmities of those that are weak, right? So let's say in my marriage that my wife uh, is, um, she is, her, 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 her mathematical skills are just superior to mine, superior to mine. So you know, when it comes to managing money and all those kind of things, I'm the head of the household. So my feeling is that's my responsibility now. But because she's superior in that area, her thought might want to be, you know, to kind of push me down and say, you know, you're stupid. You don't know what one plus one is anyway. That, you know, so forth right. and so on. The Bible says those are the strong bear the affirmative, those are the weak, which means I don't put you down because you are weak in that area. I help to build you up so that your weakness no longer has a negative impact on our relationship. So it, it, it means I support you in that endeavor. And I help you, even if you never become you know, a, a math genius, do, do, do I throw you away? Right. And I think you know, that's what happens in some marriages, that a person um, will marry somebody Right. And now we have a team and they're expecting the person they married to carry a, a certain weight as far as the, where the team is. That person can't get there. Mm-hmm. You know, not that they don't want to. They just can't. They don't have the wherewithal to get there. Do I fire them? Well, that's what happens oftentimes. Right. Right. I get rid of you. 
I expected my husband, you know, for example, woman will say, I expected my husband to be a B player. I expected him to be able to bring home $80,000 a year when I married him. Right. He can't. He's only bringing home $32,000 a year. Right. You know, I can't live like that, you know, but you can live like that. Right. Your job is to what? To those that are strong and bad, the affirmative of the weak. So we say from a biblical standpoint, I want people to understand that there are no throwaways. You know, you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. If we have a clear communication, if we have established goals, the unity of purpose, and we're functioning in God's will, we can do anything. Well, we can do anything. Well, you heard it here, people. Good podcast episode. Thank y'all so much for joining us. Baker. Deal.